0: We are so excited to welcome Tom Hirk to a conversation with Brian tonight. Tom has been an educator since 1983 in a career that has spanned all grade levels and many roles in public education. His experiences as a teacher, administrator, district leader, department of education project leader, executive director, have provided him with a unique context for his work. He infuses his current message of hope with strategies from the real world and he understands that communities face unprecedented challenges tom was ranked number 10 out of 30 top educators on our planet by global gurus tom is an amazing presenter and author of 21 books with number 22 on the way tom is a husband to ingrid a father and a grandfather and in his spare time, he likes to run marathons. To date, Tom has run and completed 50 marathons. Yes, 5-0. The list could go on and on. But let's get to know Tom in person as we welcome him to a conversation with Brian.
1: And what, what, a, what a great intro, uh, I, you know, I think it could be summarized in, in, in one sentence, Tom is old and can't <laughs> see the whole job, pretty much what I, I digested from that.
0: You know, when I was um, putting that together and and I had to, it took me about an hour and a half because I had so much material for you, I had to condense it and I'm like, man, what am I going to say, but I'm going to just have him talk about himself. So, you know, again, welcome to a conversation with Brian, Tom, it's quite an honor. And, you know, one of the things that we do when we start my shows is I ask my guests to tell about their, their personal story, the professional journey. So my audience, my, my Facebook friends and my YouTube friends can get to know you if they already don't. And so who is Tom Herrick?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question, right? Uh, you know, I think people look at and and, you know, your intro provided some of that and, and they start to make some, some sense of, you know, who this guy is. Yeah. And as with often the case, Um, You know, the backstory is not nearly as glamorous. Uh, I grew up a child of poverty, a child of abuse, a child of neglect, a family of eight children that were all abused by their father. I've lost uh, half of my siblings uh, to decisions they made to try and escape some of what they went through, drugs and alcohol and overeating and uh, disconnection, Um, you know, so I know that everything I am today is because of educators. Educators who looked past that moment where I was being an absolute royal pain in the butt, um, who saw potential, right? Uh, you know, my, if, if you go back over my report cards, oh boy, nothing glamorous there, yeah. um, so my high school English teacher who took me aside and said, good thing you like science. Cause you know what? Writing is not going to be in your future. Really? I settled, <laughs> I think about, you know, the books and. when do you see them books later, right? Right. And you know, and, and so. I, listen, I, I've I've been so very fortunate. I've been so very blessed in this life to have had people who took me aside, who pointed out some things to me, who cautioned me, who counseled me. Um, I, I met this amazing woman when I was in my uh, second year of university who has just shepherded me through all kinds of things. We've had these three great kids together and six grandbabies. Um, I know I can't go back. I can't undo what has been done, right? I can only do what isn't yet done. And so I live my life going forward, right? The the opportunity to influence to impact. If I had to repay all the kindnesses I've received, I'd have to live to be 183. That's what I focus on, not that negative stuff that I can't change. And I don't mean to suggest that it's easy. It isn't. Uh, you know, I, I I still fight my demons on a regular basis, yeah. right? I, I'm frail like anybody else, but I've been given these opportunities to do and to learn. You know, you talk about the books. I got to tell you, I ran out of my own smarts about halfway through the first book, right? <laughs> 20 books later, it's because I get to work with brilliant people and share and learn from them and frame what they have taught me in a way that seems tangible. Um, You know, people have come up to me and they've read my books and they've said, you know what, I I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But there was nothing new in that book. And I'll say, thank you very much. Yeah. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's about revelations, it's about reminders. Yeah. It's about the connections. These aren't original themes. These are things that we know as educators move kids forward. My guiding mantra has been simple throughout my entire educational career every student is a success story waiting to be told. I love that. I believe in every kid. I believe every kid that goes to school today, anywhere, has the potential, has gifts, yeah. has talents, can make a valuable, viable contribution in the adult world. Yeah. And I've seen that every time. It's what I love the most. Look, I got to tell you, I'm an old man, 61 years old. Travel is not great. You are still
0: young. You're running 50 marathons. (laughs) You're still young. You're young at heart and young physically. So yeah,
1: no, it's, you know, when I get into those schools and I hear the kid's stories, oh my goodness. Right. And I see the sparkle in their eyes. Uh, before we went on, you and I were talking a little bit about my recent trip up north and there I am sitting with a kid in grade two. And he's telling me about how to trap a rabbit. And he's telling me about what he needs to do to set the snare and how he needs to put the bridges on either side. So the rabbit goes up the path and how you have to block off the sides, and how you have to set the loop just right. And then when he caught the rabbit, telling me about what the fur can be used for to make gloves mm-hmm. and what parts of it. The... That is one brilliant child. Yep. In grade two, who knew more than this adult knew on that topic. You know. My goodness, that's a blessing.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I think, you know, my passion is I think every single kid is gifted. You know, every single kid has a strength or strengths. Um, And I think what we have done is we have um, magnified certain kids strengths and certain kids strengths or or background knowledge. We we kind of push it to the side. You just had the perfect example of background knowledge from a kid who talks about, you know, what they know from their experience at home. But that's not something that maybe will be honored in school. And no. so I think that's so important.
1: And, and and might not direct them to college, but it's gonna make them a great adult. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I was just in a in a in a classroom today with uh a, a group of kids and they had entered uh a competition, the Ripkin STEM competition, right? Right science technology and, and and these three boys, okay, three boys. Right. One labeled as ELL, because it's got to have a label on them. Another uh, behavior problem, and the third was a slow learner. These three boys created a game. They entered the competition, finished third in the country. Wow. What do you think we ought to be promoting? The label?
0: Yeah. Or
1: that awesome ability that they created a game that got them this recognition? Yeah,
0: yeah. it's 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 amazing what we 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 shoot ourselves in the foot i mean we 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 do this time and time again when we don't see the kid and we put this label on them and we teach to that label or we believe that label and i and i always say if if you start to put a label on a kid and you start to teach to that label it's not about the kid you're labeling yourself
1: exactly exactly yourself and so and i I say this to colleagues whenever you get together next time you get together with your faculty Look around the room if you're not blown away by the adult talent that shows up to work every day in service of kids. Maybe you should go home that night, look in the mirror, and wonder if you're the problem. Yeah, exactly. Because boy, yeah. we got great adults that go to work every day as educators that chose that role or had that role choose them, yeah, to be a difference maker.
0: Yeah, right. Hey, you talked a little bit about um your your childhood, and and I know that you know, that, that idea of, you know, building relationships is huge for all of us um, and, and people have helped you along the way. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure you're aware of the ACES study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study. And and, you know, when we talk about a, abuse, neglect and and household challenges that you know are involved in that study, can you and, and we're going to talk a little bit about your book. But when we start to talk about um, those adverse childhood experiences that kids come to school um, um, having experienced, how do we help teachers not lower the bar? Yeah. We, we wanna honor and, and, and respect what's happening and we wanna plan accordingly for what's happening with the child, but we don't wanna make excuses or feel sorry for them because it's not helping. How, how do we do that? Yeah,
1: no, for sure. You mentioned the adverse childhood experiences. And again, as an individual, I probably could check off most of the boxes. Yeah. I, I can also say this, listen, despite teachers' best efforts and best intentions. I never felt comfortable enough to talk to a teacher about what was going on. Wow. I, I never disclosed. In fact, it's taken me a long time as an adult and I, I, I am still I still struggle with it on some levels. I do it now because I've come to recognize, the power in connecting that for individuals—it's yeah. never easy, though. I can guarantee you this: I'm going to need some quiet time after our time together because it does cause stuff to come up again. Yeah. But I recognize that it's important to share that, right? And so, despite teachers' best efforts, I didn't. Um, you know, so, so what we've got to be doing is—is is first of all being consistent. So, if any of the listeners this afternoon—if you're the Good Morning person—you should keep doing that. Because it reveals who you are. Right. Do not do it to get something. Yeah. Because the kids who have gone through the most also have the best BS detectors going. They oh, yeah. know. Yeah. Right. You yeah. put that fake grin on and they know it because it's hurting your face. And after two weeks, you're going to give up because you didn't get something. Yeah. Kids who have gone through a lot have seen a lot of adults who are kind as a manipulation they're kind because they want to get something not because they want to give something and so again we we have to be consistent look if you're the good morning person please keep doing that but not because you get a reward every day if you're not the good morning person what is it about you are you the person that knows every kid's name are you the person whose classroom is open and the kids know that's always a safe space They can come into your room. They don't have to talk to anybody. It's just a safe space. Are you the person who just says, hey, when you go by anybody in the hallway, regardless of, right? So be true to yourself. Second, there was a a, a study done by the University College of London a number of years back. They talked about how long it takes to establish a new behavior. And the range was 18 to 254 days. Wow. Brian, yeah. we got 254-day kid in just about every school yeah. I've ever worked in. Yeah. That's more than a school year. Yeah. That kid's not going to light up the first time you say good morning. It's going to take time.
0: Yeah. And they the
1: won't. only way we get through with that kid is by us being a team. Yeah. Because that kid will wear down one adult. They won't wear down the team. The team is going to keep going at it because that kid is part of us, part of our family. Yeah.
0: And right. I, what yeah, what you just said is, is 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 so important because I think, you know, we we as educators traditionally have you know thought that it's all on us individually, right. and that we have to live live out these you know former movies of these teachers who were the superhero teachers right. that um, changed the, around you know the kids that they were working with, but we don't, we never know
1: or, or hear about the end of the story of those those movies, right? No. Exactly. Yeah, right. You know, that study, I mean, the, you know, the, the average, the sweet spot in that study was 66 days. Wow. Now how rarely is it that we give a kid 66 days to develop some new habits? Usually we go one, two, three strikes, you're out. Right. So, so, you know, we, we, we've got to be thinking about what is it that we are facing here? What do we know? And, and by the way, schools have tons of evidence on every kid yeah. in their environment
0: yeah
1: now the question is what do you do with that evidence
0: right
1: are you using it to make plans right. or are you using it to make excuses Yep. are you using it for an invitation for additional support or are you using it for a sentence that will become permanent oh brian oh tier three red right. zone kid yeah now, now listen he's in grade three and we already know this let's make sure that what we do is we warn the grade four teacher you want to talk about the label? Yeah, pretty quickly, Brian's gonna get there and say, "Yeah, I'm bad. Yeah. I'm bad. You so, want to see I'll show you bad."
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? It's it's um, it's one of those things where, as you said before, we have wonderful people in our profession. You know, people who care deeply about children, um, but we hold on to some of the things that were done to us. And you know, once you know when we know better, we should do better, right? And so, you know, when when we know better and we still continue to do it, sometimes I I, I wonder. Is it time for you to kind of move out of this profession? Because it, you might be a good person, but if you're not willing to change um, on behalf of kids, then um, you're hurting kids. And that, that really burns me up. Again, we have a lot of great people, and I've seen a lot of you know teachers change their practices and change their mind, their, their thinking. Um, but on the other hand, um, just as you were saying, you were talking about that study, and it t- takes you know, the average was 60-some days. Do most teachers know that that, that information? Or do they say, oh, I've tried for a week and then I'm giving up on this kid and I'd say it's the kid's right. fault.
1: And 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 again, you know, as I said earlier, I, you can't do this alone. No. Right? Here, here's what we know for sure. A strong, committed team overcomes challenges that a loose affiliation of individual talent never can. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we're bad people. You know, yeah. in fact, as, as you and I both agreed, we've got outstanding individuals. Yeah. I believe individually teachers could solve any problem we throw at them but then we get a whole bunch of individual responses right right a lot of the listeners are sports fans right you you watch you got a team you cheer for they got the best athlete here or there playoffs roll around they get bounced why does that happen because they come up against a group that believes in each other first that is willing to sacrifice a little bit of me for the greater we exactly They become unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable. Right? I've been been fortunate to coach teams that have been unranked and we won the provincial title. Right? Yeah. Because nobody could 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 get away from our why. Those guys believed in each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that made the cause easier to believe. Look, we just saw it in the March Madness, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if if
0: somebody wants to understand how to work as a team you know go go see a sports practice talk to coaches you know sports coaches because it it really is the 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 perfect um way to have people understand i have to like you said give of myself i have to maybe take a back seat i i don't need to score all the points I, I actually might need to do some of the dirty work to be, be a defensive player or rebounder yeah. on that ba- in basketball or if I'm playing hockey or, you know, whatever yeah. sport.
1: Everybody knows the Michael Jordan story, right? Could win a scoring yeah. title every year if he wanted to. Yeah. Gave up, you know, scoring 10 points a game for the team, right? Yeah. Needed a strong defender. Enter Scottie Pippen. Needed a crazy rebounder. Phenomenal rebounder. Enter Dennis Rodman. Need yeah. someone else to take a little bit of heat off the shot making. Enter Steve Kerr, and all of a sudden we're winning championships. And by the way, his legacy wasn't destroyed.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. Now counter that with the NFL. Who's been the most valuable player the last couple of years? Right? Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. How many Super Bowls Packers won the last couple of years? I know we got some Packers fans out there. <laughs> it's so all about. It come it, after it, me now. but It
0: truly really is about the team. It's about right? making sure that that we, you know, are are able to rely on or the person next to me to say I, I trust you and I yes. trust I trust you to to, to to not make fun of me or not and, and not belittle me because I am not as strong in an area just like teachers we have to be transparent we have to have the courage yes. to say I don't know how to teach this very
1: effectively can you help me everyone has some unique talent that no one else in on the team possesses yeah. that's why we're a team yep. now here's what happens during difficult times, members of a team, they actually turn to each other. They look each other in the eye and they say, we got this, Brian, I need you to bring your best. Cause you got some stuff that I don't got. Yeah. Right. And during the hardest times, talented individuals, they turn away from each other and not with anger, but because they believe it's their job to solve it for the team, rather than with the team, they do it with the biggest hearts and the biggest intentions. They think they're talented enough to solve it for the team.
0: Yeah, it and and that that has to do with a piece of trust. I don't, yeah. I, I, don't trust that you're strong enough in this area, yeah. and I'm going to try to take it take it on myself. Pressure's
1: I, on. We're down to the last minute in the yeah. game. I don't think the play we drew up is going to work, so I'm just going to hold on to the ball.
0: Yeah, Tom, when you when you um. Talked earlier. You talked about some of the people who helped you along the way. You didn't mention specific names But you just said that you know, there's a lot of people who were in your corner There's a an old African proverb and it goes and we have it on my wall upstairs or our wall upstairs My wife got it and it goes as I go I am wearing you and really what it signifies is all the people who have helped me helped you along the way So my success is not because of Brian Butler. It's because of all these people I am wearing And so I take them with me every single day. And so it it really is about this village, this team that that helps me be successful. And and have I messed up along the way? Of course, many times. But I've always had people who would tell me the truth or would say, okay, how can we do this a different way? Um, And so I think, you know, with with you, were there any certain people or was it just they just, you know, you were just surrounded by love?
1: You know, know, one of my first assistant principals, Mr. Springer, um, a a fellow that came up from the Barbados and just had that lovely, lovely sonorous voice, right? right? That whenever he spoke, you couldn't help but be happy. Yeah. And and he knew I'd come to school like I I never had a lunch, right? I never had anything. He'd bring extra stuff and he'd take me aside and he'd talk with me, right? He uh, got me on student leadership because there was no way I was putting my name up for anything he wow. got me on student council wow. right uh i i you know one of the blessings in this work is that sometimes you get to go back i got to go back to my old school my old neighborhood really? mr springer had moved through the ranks and became a principal at my old high school and so when i went back to work in that old high school there was his picture up on the wall right wow. and it was like wow, wow. and and you know miss fane silver was my math teacher and she was the one who took me aside one day and she said you know when are you going to give this up and i said give what up she said, this tough guy act, you're not very good at it. <laughs> and I'd say, oh, yeah, well, you know, um, and she said, yeah. you know, one of these days you're going to find yourself. And so, you know, I, I sent her a copy of one of my books just as a way of saying thank you. Right. And and so trying to get back in touch and connect back to yeah. and, and making sure that you play it forward. Yeah. right. Play yeah. it forward that that we have these opportunities to look at what we do and how we do it and and who we get a chance to inspire there's no guarantee of getting it right all the time yeah but you know the, the I, I think the more you give of yourself the more you start to receive
0: yeah right i think that's that's very true hey, let's go let's talk about your book um that's that's coming well it, there there's one and there was a sequel and so yeah. it, can you talk about the, the the book um the first trauma book and then the, the yeah. one that's coming out because i think you know with with you know the the last you know two and a half years with the pandemic um, I think people have been very stressed but we had trauma before then oh right? yeah yeah So I, I think sometimes it, it has been magnified I, I won't disagree but I think we still had a lot of learning to do about trauma before then and again I talked about the ACES study not many educators know about the ACES study oh. and and so we have kids coming into our schools with different levels of trauma and we're not prepared for it And so talk to us about because you you really are good at this yeah
1: no so you know the the interesting part and and you know trauma sensitive instruction is the first book and we're waiting for trauma sensitive leadership Uh, hit by the global paper shortage so it's a little bit delayed and out there um but you know the first thing i say to people is this look john eller and i started writing this book long before the words pandemic ruled off our tongues so frequently this book's not a response because as you pointed out trauma has been going on in schools long before the pandemic and will be in schools long after we are post-pandemic right and so the awareness here's what i think has happened during the pandemic um, we've been exposed that we were lacking in some areas right hard for educators to accept because we would have rested on our laurels about we are academic factories. Guess what? During the time of pandemic and the remote learning, as much as there was a great big to-do made about all the things that were going to happen and how far behind kids were, they haven't suffered nearly as much academically as we thought they would have. But we've been exposed that what we really need to do is a whole lot more social-emotional learning, a whole lot more about relationship building a whole lot more about trauma awareness and sensitivity the aces study as a as a prime example that kids the pandemic may have exacerbated some trauma they were going through already that they thought they had processed right it's reinvigorated some of that yeah but my goodness we we know and we now need to be much more aggressive in addressing it we can't turn a blind eye to what does that look like and and so part of it is is the awareness piece yeah so so you know one of the things and and again there are great books written by clinical psychologists there are great books written by brain researchers not meant to criticize any of those but those are really tough for us as educators and i'll speak for myself to dive into because i didn't have those areas of expertise what we've tried to do is really write it For an educator to read it. And I don't mean that in a demeaning sense. I mean that in we're real busy. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so one of the key pieces that we talk about early is what happens when you go through trauma. Now, first of all, we need to understand what might be trauma inducing for you may not be so for me or vice versa. Yeah. Right. So I could be very fearful of, and you could just laugh at that same experience. Right. That doesn't minimize it. Yeah. So in Canada, and, and I know in the United States, parts of the United States, for example, with our indigenous peoples, um, residential schools were a way of life. Yeah. And there were horrific things that occurred in residential schools. But I also have some friends who have said to me, that was, you know, a really good thing for me. Mm. I got to learn. I got to, that doesn't diminish the trauma right. that some people felt. Right. So We've got to understand, first of all, trauma is very personalized. Yeah. Secondly, that when the trauma or fear-inducing event occurs, the only thing that we really need to understand from the brain research is this. The amygdala kicks in and releases cortisol. Yeah. Cortisol in the body shuts down learning. It's the only thing people need to take away from this, they sh- wow. it shuts down learning. Two to three hours for the body to metabolize that cortisol. So if little Tom arrives to school first thing in the morning having gone through some trauma prior to arriving to school, please don't take it personally when he doesn't turn around and give you all. He's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with what he's experienced. And it's gonna take two to three hours to regulate. Do we have calming spaces in our schools, in our classrooms, where kids can learn some of the strategies to be able to regulate? Here's what you can't do. I said, good morning. You yeah. don't want to greet me back. Why don't you just go to the office? Right? Look, don't throw gasoline on the fire. That's not going to put it out. Right? We got to understand and, and depersonalize it. And I know it's really hard, especially when people's big hearts are in the way. Yeah. And they really do mean to get that kid's day off to a great start. But when we rush to consequence, we don't calm anything down look I've, I've yet to meet a kid in 39 years as an educator who got better through consequence alone right just doesn't happen yeah consequence has to be paired with instruction if we're hoping for a breakthrough now the model that i spend a lot of time working with people is this when kids arrive to school they're coming to our house only house over which we have control right let's stop gathering to lament about the other house they come from. Let's stop setting it up as an evil place, as terrible adults, at, doesn't matter. You come to our house, you got all these surrogate moms and dads. Yeah. Here's what we guarantee in our house. You're going to be a reader and a writer and a mathematician and a self-regulator. You're going to discover your unique talents and gifts. You are going to grow and learn in this 13-year experience we call school. Not 13, 10-month experiences, Let's get away from grade right. three occurs in this 10 month. Right. There's stuff in grade three that some kids aren't ready for yet in grade three. If it's important, they should be able to do it in grade four or grade five. Sure. So this recognition that when you come to school, you are coming to our house. Let's stop gathering to confess other people's sins. Yeah. Let's just deal with the kids <laughs> and how we move them forward, recognizing and even more so. My goodness, we've taken kids in as refugees from other countries. And those kids have witnessed things that would bring us as adults to our knees. We know we've got kids who are going through poverty who are going through abuse, who are going through all kinds of different things. Look, I'm not here to tell you that I'm better than my siblings who are no longer with us today. I had a different choice that I made than they made, not right or wrong. They believed they were making the right choice in getting heavily involved in drugs or alcohol or whatever. It didn't work out well for them. Right. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested in saying, yeah, I'm the hero. It, it, I don't need that narrative. We got to let kids know that they've got all these great surrogate mums and dads who are going to be on the lookout for, and a lot of it's evident. Look, if little Brian's wearing the same clothes back to school Monday morning that he wore home Friday afternoon. Yeah. Don't we know? Don't we know that that kid just needs some TLC. It's not about babying him; it's about recognizing that you greeted him with good morning, and he didn't lift his head. What do you say
0: to? And we'll continue, but what do you say to to our our administrators, educators in general, because we talk about trauma as it relates to children, but the educators are and have experience. Yeah. wide range of trauma throughout their lives. They may have not dealt with it. And then the pandemic hits and then they're feeling like there's more things that are happening. How do, how do we deal with our own trauma? Yeah. Because we can't help a kid if we're dealing with our, we're, we haven't dealt with our own thing.
1: No. And, and, and that's equally important, right? And, and, you know, and part of uh, why we put the ACEs study in, in both the books is because we do think it's important that people go through that and do fine. But part of the reason why I'm finally at the point now where I can share a little bit about my story. Uh, You know, my co author, john Eller, equally had a a very difficult, challenging uh, upbringing, right, we recognize that on some levels that gives license for our colleagues to talk about Every time I have shared my story, I've had people come up to me in tears, just talking about and and, fun and it's saying how much they appreciate being able to share with me their story and that I've given, I don't give anybody license to do anything, right? But right. in the telling of it, sure. people feel comfortable. So those in leadership roles, you have to also be creating that kind of environment. Look, I, I think we've moved along significantly in our ability to discuss mental health, not as a weakness, right, but as a, as a concern that we need to address, Right. And and I think we've got to continue with that. We've got to understand for our adults, the pandemic has been trauma-inducing or re-energizing certain traumas they thought they've gone through. Yeah. That we have had people now experience. I lost my oldest brother early on in the pandemic as a result of. I didn't get a chance to have closure because he was on the other side of the country. To this day, we haven't had a chance to have a service. Right. And, And so we know again. How that impacts our colleagues. We know we've lost people who are just saying, "I can't. I just can't. I can't do this anymore." I
0: think. I think one of the things that it's so admirable um, and courageous um, is is you really sharing. I I I have talked about my mental health struggles um, early on. Um, There's a book behind me by one of my friends. His name is darrell webster and the book is called i thought i was going crazy and i you know in my you know late 20s and early 30s was going through therapy you know because of just life happening and me not you know thinking i was living up to those expectations but then i still had to go into schools to help kids and i don't think i was always my best version of myself and i think um but i at least i was attempting to get some help But I, but what i what i do think now is that when men because traditionally men have not You know, it's been kind of a stigma for stigma for everybody, but especially for men, because you're supposed to be tough and you're supposed to just suck it up. But I think it's really been important for those of us who have gone through this and um, done something about it to share, because I think it does, like you said, open it up and allow for other people to say, I'm not the only one. I can can go and, and deal with this and I can talk about this.
1: Yeah. And and it's important, right? You, you know, and, and just as, as you've just done, it's not better or worse. No, it's just, no. It's, it's just a personal struggle. Right? Yeah. And I, I say that to people. Yeah. Look, it doesn't mean that it's now easy street from here on in. Oh, no. no. there, there are still moments, yeah. right? There are still times when I know I'm not my best self. And I think I'm getting better at managing and recognizing and understanding, <laughs> but I'm still a work in progress. Oh, right? yeah. I, I'm, well, I'm not fully formed yet. um you know and 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 so part of that journey is to understand that yeah i I equally am not interested in in the sympathy i i don't need that i don't need the admiration it's just a story it's mine it's the one i'm most familiar with and it still requires me to go to work yeah and continue to work on me as an individual it's not a one-off thing you know, just as, as you've described your struggles. Oh,
0: it's it's constant, and and I've That's had you know the pandemic for me because I haven't worked as much has been even more of a struggle. And again, but I, I as you said, you realize that you you you're you're more aware. And I think as you become older, and you, know, you talked about the the amygdala, you know, our we we use that prefrontal cortex right to to make sure that we are making decisions that are more appropriate as we get older and as we learn and i think that's something that teachers need to know about as well as really that brain science because i don't think we know much about brain yeah. science and how it works
1: yeah. and and again you know the uniqueness of all of this right i you know i've had people and as i said they'll look at me and they'll you know they'll hear the intro that you gave and they'll think wow there's a guy who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth right and had all the i didn't right mm-hmm. i mean i you know I, I started my first job when i was 14 because i was hungry Right. Right? I, I I wanted, and you know what my job was? And and I don't even know how I came up with this. I went to the grocery store and I watched people coming out with their groceries and I watched people struggle. And I just went up to the first person. I said, excuse me, ma'am, can I help you carry your groceries to your car? And she said, sure. And when I got to her car and put them in her trunk, she gave me a quarter. I was the richest man in the world. Did some people say get away? Yep. Were some people rude to me? Sure. Did some people, when I carried their groceries, to their car, give me nothing. No, that was still fine. Yeah. I felt I yeah. felt good in here. Yeah. Right? But man, I got to make a, enough money that I could go buy a sandwich at the deli. There'll never a sandwich that tasted as good as that sandwich. Right?
0: Well, you, you accomplished a goal. And that that in itself makes right? you feel good.
1: Exactly. Now, again, I, I know and and you know, I can't, I can't change this color, right? So I know despite what I've gone through, this didn't make it worse for me. Right. right and and I, and I say to people look i i have some experiences that i think are unique but i also know i didn't have the experience of having my skin color be something in addition right. to having to right and and so again it's it's a personal experience not better or worse yeah and it's you know that that thing that is i can't change being a white male so I don't know what it's like to be a female. I don't know what it's like to be a person of color. I can empathize, but I can't say it's the same. I yeah. can't say it's better. I can't say it's worse. I, think, I can you yeah. this is my experience.
0: Yeah, and I think as long as we all recognize that, you know, and, in, in, you know, me as, as a, a Black man, um, you know, growing up, you know, there was, a, again, we understood that there was discrimination and racism, but we weren't going to use that as an excuse not to be successful. Yeah. That, was not, that was not on the table for my family. Right. So, um, but we have to make sure that, you know, we understand people's you know frames of references, you know, no matter who they are, right? Because if we don't, then we are projecting ourselves onto them, and then that that's when we start to have some problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right? And 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 you know, this this notion of um, again, I, I think sometimes we we want to create too easily heroes and villains yeah and The reality is we, we probably all occupy that space in between yeah, yeah. right yeah
0: i mean so. it, and I, th- I think that's what um is, is um, beautiful about what what you do I and mean, i know you know what you've done in terms of going around the world and, and and working with educators is that you don't look at somebody and say just because they're not doing a good job or they're they're not effective in an area that they're a bad person they just need. They just need to be supported, they, and, and so I think that's that's more important than, you know, us vilifying people because of who they are and and, and what we think they represent.
1: Yeah, and you know what? In, in, in the bigger picture, not that you and I can solve all the world's problems in the hour we have, but we're getting pretty close. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we've got to really do a job of of getting away from what I see as being very polarized now, yeah. uh, the views of the world that that we can't have healthy disagreement, right? And and I think really in a healthy society, we ought to have a plurality of opinion. I, I you know what, yeah. it doesn't matter to me, Brian, whether you vote a Democrat or Republican. What yeah. matters to me is, can you tell me why? Yeah. What appealed to you? And if I happen to vote opposite, can't we sure. still have a conversation? Can't we still be friends?
0: You know, I think, and, and I think that's the perfect, perfect analogy. And I think one of the things that I always, Try to—I shouldn't say always—but I try to do is, I don't—I don't, I don't want to know your politics yet. I want to know you. Yeah. Tell me about your your kids. Tell me about your family. Because once we make a connection, once we find something that's in common, then we can we can have a disagreement because now I know that you're you, you, we have this this anchor, yeah. right? And so yeah. I think what we ha- what happens is we start with how we're different. We don't don't do that. Start. We have so much more in common as human beings than our differences but we start with our differences and then we magnify those and then we don't we think that person's a villain or that person's a villain or i'm a villain
1: you know the the, the number one thing that happened during remote learning was that we missed each other
0: yeah
1: right and yeah. and you know kids missed the adults kids miss their friends when a kid out there that missed the pedagogy they missed the people Yeah, right? even our grumpiest most surliest colleague missed being with their team because yeah. you know what? it's really hard to grumble via zoom yeah. right yeah it's way easier to grumble in person <laughs> right and, and so you know I, I think we've got to remember that we've yeah. got to remember what we share a- instead of saying oh Brian you're wearing a mask I, I guess I know how you voted yeah yeah oh you got your vaccine well you must be one of those guys then
0: and you right? know I, and I think it's um it's what I would say is, it's just like we all have our, our biases, yep. it's probably natural for us to think that way, but yep. then we have to catch ourselves. Exactly. Okay, okay, I I, I gotta, I, that person may not be that way. And so yep. I have to check myself first yep. and say, what, why am I behaving this way? And so again, I'm not always perfect now and I, and, I, and I surely um, have, have made mistakes, but I think you're right. Um it's, it's really important for us to to look beyond sometimes
1: right.
0: really the label, a label yeah. of a mask or a label
1: yeah. of, of a shirt or, or, yeah. or whatever. You have a sports team you cheer for. Yeah. And I have a different sports team. In, but, but, you know, we both love the sport. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: So isn't that what we have in common? In yeah. fact, we should be able to go to a game where our team are playing against each other yes. and have a whole lot of good natured <laughs> ribbing all night exactly. long, knowing yeah. one of us is buying dinner for the other one.
0: <laughs> exactly. exactly. But isn't
1: that a great way to spend time with a friend Yeah. yeah. rather than saying, Oh wait, wait, what's it saying? That's who you cheer for? Yeah. Well, come this on now. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. down. Yes. Oh, and I mean, It's too easy to find what we dis and it it gets right back to your earlier comment about labels. Right. And and once we assign labels even to adults, it becomes easier to avoid those adults and not entertain different perspectives and not recognize that there's people there who have strengths that I don't have. Yeah. And what we ought to do is pursue our common interests, not our disagreements.
0: And I think in that way we're going to be gifted. Their strengths or, or their experiences—things that I, I would never experience if if I close myself off to that person because they're—I think they're different from me. Um, I, I think it's again, I'm not perfect, but I think I, I try to as much as I can look beyond that so we can make a connection.
1: Well, you know, again, it gets back to you know that 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 sports analogy, right? That that, that on a team we recognize the talents each person brings. Right? It, yeah. on, a, on a faculty, it's not about, are those your best friends? Right. It is about having a high regard for the gifts, the talents, the skills, every one of our colleagues brings to the table. Yeah. If you happen to get a friendship out of the people, you work, with, that's a bonus. bonus. You like the same team. You like the same music, whatever. Right. Right. If the only connection you have is work, that's not a friendship. That's a longer work day. Yeah. Right? And yep. We don't need a longer work day.
0: Yeah, no more. No more second and third shifts. No. So okay. anyway,
1: yeah.
0: well, Tom, our time is almost up. Um, this has been we need like three hours, friend. We need like three hours. I mean, it's been excellent. I, I really think my audience um, and, and the, the, the Facebook friends have hopefully enjoyed this um, immensely. I, I know I have um, yeah. the last question I like to ask, and I, I try to ask this of, of everybody is if um, you when you go into to schools um, in, in districts and you see the stress, um, you see uh, the challenges that, that are facing our, our teachers and our educators, one, what would you tell them? What do you tell them? And then second, what are you telling or what would you tell people who are prospective educators coming into the profession? because you know, we're facing kind of a loss of a number of teachers And as well. We don't have a great number in the pipeline as we did you know, 10, 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a real, real issue right now as I go around and, and work with schools where we're seeing you know, that there isn't substitute teachers available, that there are teacher vacancies in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the number one thing I try to share with teachers is this, you are enough. Right, you and your team are enough. You have the talents. I think we've got to get back to doing an inventory on some levels of all the skills that exist in our faculties. It's amazing. Oh, it is. Right. One of my favorite activities that I have folks do first with their kids is the DNA activity. Right. Do you know every kid's DNA in your school? Not the DNA I used to teach as a biology teacher, but the DNA defined as their dreams their needs and their abilities. Mm. every kid has dreams and yeah. the kid out there dreaming about being unemployed, unloved, uneducated, on drugs, they're dreaming big. Yeah. Their needs are often driven by the other house they live in, I get it. When they come to our house, some of them need to be hugged. Some of them need to be fed. Some of them yeah. need to be listened, I get it. Their abilities as unique as the kids themselves, yeah. right? That range. Yeah. Well, it's the same for our colleagues. Do you know every one of your colleagues DNA, because we view them through the lens of the role they have, we approach every kindergarten teacher with a new picture book, look, it's got nine pages, you're gonna love the artwork, as if that's all they read, yeah, we approach every special education teacher, as if they're a product of special education, we don't think they can talk about deep topics, it's the label thing, it's the label thing. So you know, this notion of you are enough, do you know? Every one of your colleagues' dreams, needs, and abilities. Because then, when I know that Brian loves monster trucks, I got a kid in my class who loves monster trucks. I don't know thing yeah. one about them. Yeah. I'm pair them up with Brian. Yeah. Right. I love that. For the new people coming in or the prospective people, yeah. there is no better job on the face of this planet where you get to shape your community. You get to shape the future. Yeah. You don't like what's. You get thirteen years. To turn this ship to every day go in and influence and influence and influence and treat that 13-year experience. What do we want every kid, every young woman and man to be at the end of 13 years? What valuable, viable contributions do we, now let's go back and, yeah. right? You know, for me, it's it's very simple. Here, here's what I'm trying to live my life on. I want to be the kind of person my grandbabies think I am. Yeah. Right? That's what keeps me yeah. going. Because you know what? They don't have any other, right? Sure. I'm just grandpa. I want to be the person they think I am. Yeah, I love that. That's more than enough. Yeah.
0: Well, Tom, thank you so much. Um, You are influencing and influencing and influencing. And you are the kind of person that I think you are. And I I do appreciate you coming on tonight. And good luck with all your, your travels. And when's the next marathon?
1: Oh, that's the I, I, body <laughs> willing. I, uh, you know, I keep saying, I got to do another one. You know, once you get going, you just want to do another one. So yeah. I'm looking to do a one in the late summer.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, good luck and Bye, speed. And thanks so much for, for coming on tonight. I, I do appreciate Great. it and we'll talk
1: soon. All right. All right. Stay safe. Thank you, Tom. Bye-bye.